So hello, Mr. Muhammad. Is this Brandon Muhammad we have on Each One Teach One today? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. How you doing? Good, good, good. I'm so glad to have you on our live podcast on this Thursday afternoon, a beautiful Thursday afternoon. I just am glad that we finally made the time to get you on. So how's everything going in Texas? And everything is wonderful. Thank you for having me. I, I truly appreciate it. And, you know, it's it's all uh, it's all in the divine scheme of things. That's right. That's right. So we are going to be introducing my friend, brother, a business partner, um, per- person in the struggle for the community development of African people on Earth. Mr. Brandon Muhammad is with us today on Each One Teach One with Ola Ramey Sano. And we have an amazing topic that I know is going to hit everybody at the heart because we're all uh, right in the middle of a pandemic together and we're all looking for solutions. But I think you might have some of the answers to one of the most salient solutions that we all need to be looking at right now, and that is nutritional guidance. So I'm definitely glad to have you. I know you are working with our group, Fihankra Development Fund, on the community garden. You are the coordinator of that. We all come to you for your um, you know, guidance and your wisdom and knowledge and experience in the community garden that we have with the city of Glen Heights. So we definitely thank you for that. We also know a little bit about your background in regard to um, being a chef, a professional chef, and having been so with um, groups such as the Prominent Nation of Islam here in America. So I, I'll, I'll let you introduce yourself a little bit more before we dive into the information. Well, you know, uh, some of that I feel like, you know, don't even go to me. Because, <laughs> uh, more than anything, you know, I'm, I'm a student and uh, I'll always be a student uh, because there's always something to learn and more and more to learn in depth. Um, That's right. But, you know, certainly you you did, you covered the basics. Um, you know, I've, I've been in uh, food service now for about 26 years and professionally. Um, mm-hmm. Prior to that, you know, it was just something I loved doing. Um, but in that, that whole process, you know, in, in my childhood and everything, there were seeds planted in my mind about what eating healthy is and so that just began a journey uh, for me all the way into college and beyond and and always looking for an opportunity to be better uh, than what I am and looking for uh, more information that would help me better so you know that uh, that definitely got me through um, a lot of doors and from studying and reading and learning and using a lot of common sense, to be honest with you, um, you know, got me indoors to where I've had the opportunity to uh, cater for entertainers, uh, had the opportunity to, I mean, it's I'm, it's really a long list household names. Some of them I can say, some of them I can't say. Uh, but just finding uh, my path and my journey in life that I found is connected to food and health um, is is where that's where I've been. So, you know, as a father, as a husband, a business owner, a teacher, um, community activist, you know, all of it there, all it touches everything we do. Um, even in in conflict resolution, 
I'll never forget one time in Los Angeles, uh, we catered a meal for black and Latino gang members who had been rivaling, or had a history of rivaling. And uh, we prepared meals that uh, the, the Mexican gangs could explain to the black gang members what they were eating. And then we had the black gang members explain the same thing to the Mexican gang members, explaining them what they were eating. And mm-hmm. before they realized they were laughing and talking, and though the beef still existed, they weren't at odds with each other at the table. Because so they were food, coming together over a meal. Absolutely. Food can do that. It is a unifier. You know. So when we say when you say um eat to live and the eat to live philosophy basically as a guiding life principle, uh, what do you mean to that? When people eat to what do you mean about that? When people eat to live, what are they doing with food? Well, the very first time I ever heard that phrase, eat to live, uh, was a book by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad uh, called How to Eat to Live. The book, he has two of them, book one and two. Mm -hmm. And so that intrigued me in itself because it had already been something ingrained in me. Uh, Growing up, my my mother was raised in the Nation of Islam. Her parents were members of the Nation of Islam from the 50s. And so in our home growing up, there were certain things we didn't eat. Um, If you ever, you know, and your mother, so you teach your, you know, you teaching your your child, hey, we don't eat this, we don't eat that. If it has Mm -hmm. this in it, don't eat that. If it has this in Mm -hmm. it, don't eat it. You know, uh, if it says this on the label, it's okay. And so I was the, I was the neighborhood kid that had to read all the labels before I could buy the stuff (laughs) on the grocery store. You know, mm-hmm. and all my friends are outside. Come on, man, let's go. Because they didn't read labels. They just got what they wanted and they left out of there. Well, that seed had been put in me that you have to know what you're putting in your body. And mm-hmm. the reason that I had to know it was because it was about either extending my life or shortening my life. And that mm-hmm. seed my mother put into me. And so it just grew into understanding that that eating to live a learning how to eat to live is something that has been taken away from us for the sake of money uh, right and it explain it, it, that a little bit more tell yeah. me two things tell me two things At, uh, tell me some of the things you were not able to eat when you grew up and then tell us tell me how um, that eat to live was taken away from from us for the sake of money well, you know, quite naturally, the first thing that we we don't eat pork, you know, and mm-hmm. things that, uh, you know, the Muslims, is for, it's a forbidden food. And so my mother, my grandparents, family, they would explain to me that you have to read the labels because it won't say pork. It's going to be hidden under another name. And mm-hmm. so I began to investigate those things. Uh, that you find in a label and some of the names that you'll find that's listed in the ingredients early on, you know, when, when my friends were eating ding dongs, I wanted a ding dong, but when Mm -hmm. I read it, you know, the ingredients said it either had lard in it or it would Mm -hmm. say, uh, and or animal or beef fat. And Mm -hmm. so my mother pointed out to me, she said, what is beef? I said, that's a cow. She said, what is animal? I said, it's an animal. She said, yeah, but what kind? And I said, mm-hmm. oh, she said, put that back. 
because it didn't mm-hmm. identify for us. And she said, you can't eat that, baby. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not good for you. And it was always followed up with, it's not good for you. And mm-hmm. then I was taught that, well, you can find this in the Bible. And so mm-hmm. I went on this journey because, you know, growing up, I'm saying, well, if it's in the Bible, then it got to be true. You know, <laughs> like, it, it got to be true, you know. And so mm-hmm. uh, I know it's in the Holy Quran, but I was like, it's in the Bible too, man. She said, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I went on this journey and realized that more and more of us did not understand that we're supposed to be eating to extend our lives. And that now, how did that be? How did that? How was that taken away? Um, in a way where, um, economically, um, uh, it made us number one disadvantaged by not knowing it, but also how did it harm us economically not to know? You know that that um, and that's what I was getting to. That that whole process in itself, it's mm-hmm. a plan, and it's been a plan, and it's still in effect. You know, one of the things in particular for um, those of us in a diaspora. You know, our ancestors came off of these plantations and they were forced into labor, uh, unpaid labor. And so Mm -hmm. it's not um, for for us to not want to get into farming and even gardening to a degree. Mm -hmm. I can understand it because it's in our DNA. You know, there's this Mm -hmm. disdain and disgust for getting out there. Uh, and, And so to a degree, I get that. But where it comes into where it becomes a money thing is when we allow other people to grow our food for us. And not right. only are they growing it for us, they're growing it in a manner in which our ancestors didn't grow it for them. We, exactly. Our ancestors didn't even do what they're doing to the food. And, right. and the food that they're growing for us is so artificial and comes out of a laboratory I mean, even the seeds now are coming out of the laboratory where you eat it and it does not have anywhere near the same health benefit as it used to. So in a, a quick, or the taste, a quick example, or the taste, the taste as well. A quick example is what the vitamins and nutrients that you could get out of one carrot uh, 40 years ago now takes 25 to 30 carrots. Mm. That tells you that even that carrot that you're eating today doesn't give you the proper health benefits. So a part right. of eating to live is also not eating. And so in the books, How to Eat to Live, uh, he goes into instructions on how to fast as well, which is a part mm-hmm. of eating to live. And it becomes mm-hmm. a part of our diet. And it's, when you look at it, for myself, I've been doing this now, uh, the fasting, what they call intermittent fasting. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been doing that now since uh, December of 2008. And so... And intermittent fasting is what, in, is what, I mean, it can be different time lengths, I know, for different people, but how do you just, like, in a lay person's uh, vocabulary explain intermittent fasting? So, basically, the way it works is you eat one day and you may not eat the next day. Or you mm-hmm. can eat one day and you may not eat again for two days. Or you may eat again mm-hmm. and may not eat again for three days. Well, mm-hmm. for me, I eat every three days. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not looking back. There's no desire for me to look back. But by not eating, it also helps your body get rid of those poisons that's in the food that we're eating today. Because all of it has some type of poison. That's why our body gets rid of it. 
And so when you talk about processing, you're talking about literally letting the food that is going in. What, well, number one, you're talking about putting some good food into your body, number right. one, nutritionally. And then number two, you're talking about letting that food process through your body thoroughly and uh, until you eat again. Yes. And and most of us would be surprised. I've, I've had clients tell me, I've, I've had them call me, email me, you know, and they say, I, I haven't eaten for two days and I can't believe that I had a bowel movement. They say, yeah, your body's finished with that. You know, <laughs> it, there is an intellect that is present between our brains and the body. And right. we've been disconnected from nature on so many levels. We don't even understand that as we're sitting, you and I are sitting here talking, our hearts are beating, but we're not consciously saying uh, heartbeat, heartbeat. Right. But it's right. still working. You know, there is that natural connection between the brain and the body and what we have mm -hmm. been taught in terms of food, what good health is, what good eating is, does not profit us in terms of finances, nor does it profit us in terms of good health. But what it does is puts money in the pocket of the people we allow to feed us and medicate well, let's talk about that because that's the crux of what we're dealing with right now during this COVID and the, the pandemic um, that we're dealing with. People are not going out as much. They are, were afraid to go out at the beginning because nobody knew what was happening with the pandemic. And, you know, if nobody wants to get sick. And so people there have been a lot of people who have um, began begun to grow vegetables on their porch, begun to uh, grow community gardens, our, our group being one of those groups, beginning to relearn uh, a connection and a relationship with the earth and trying to understand how to grow foods without a bunch of pesticides and all those different sides, you know, those killicides on there. Um, and so what we're doing is we are going back to some of the knowledge base that we've had before in prior times and some of the knowledge base that our ancestors had. And when we talk about nutrition, what are some of the fundamentals that, you know, um, eating well or eating to live um, can do for people? This is going to be a two part question also. So eating to live um, some of the fundamental nutritional things that people would would need to or want to have on their plate so that their bodies uh, can be well and process well. And so that their bodies can create the proper uh, uh, the proper, basically the proper boosting immunity boosting that they need during a time like this. So that's, that's one question I have. And then how can we, uh, begin to like grow those things? Like you're, you're like you're teaching basically. So what are some of the proper nutritional items that people will want to have if they're eating to live? Well, you know, I'll say that there, there are a couple things that we can do individually. Uh, one, you have to look at your own personal health issues and, and mm -hmm. what, uh, there are some foods that you should stay away from and there are some foods that you should have. Uh, there are some mm -hmm. foods that will be just okay for you to have depending on your health condition. And as always, mm -hmm. we recommend you consult your primary care physician first uh, to find that mm -hmm. out. Now, and the other, the next step is you have to totally erase from your mind what, what we were taught growing up in school about what good eating is uh, and what foods are right. good for us, you know. Uh, it doesn't it it doesn't it doesn't mean that it's good for you just because it tastes good and it looks good. You know, uh, there are there are many of those. So 
So no, so no, so no hog mogs and chitlins. No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding with you. Know, about the, okay, let's go. Let's let's not tease all the way out. Let's go into the school diet. So no, so no square pizzas and ice creams and all the things that tell us what the what the good stuff is that we need to be looking at. Well, first thing first is you know we start with uh, not so much what we're eating, but what we're not eating, right? So right. so we look at you look at a, a food you take something like uh, your gr- green leafy vegetables they are present mm-hmm. um, but we also have to know the difference between a vegetable and a weed okay uh, because mm-hmm. they will look alike and so a mm-hmm. weed and a vegetable yes they are both vegetation but all of them are not to be ingested by human beings this is the other thing we we're getting mm-hmm. at. So basically, you keep it simple. If you swallow something and you say, well, this grows from the earth and it goes through your body and processes and it comes out whole, mm-hmm. you should not be eating that. Your body mm-hmm. can't break it down. You know, so we have to look at things like uh, certain foods. You take your legumes, for example. Um, and I mm-hmm. am big. I'm a huge promoter of the small white navy beans. Uh, mm-hmm. because it has the amino acids that the body naturally produces and amino acids that the body does not produce. And those amino mm-hmm. acids and the tryptophan, all of those are part of building up the immune system, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, the all, Virtually any fruit, a fruit means it has its own seeds, okay? Mm-hmm. Virtually any fruit is good for us to eat. But again, for the individual, some I know some I have a cousin has an allergy to watermelons, right? Mm-hmm. So for the July, he could and I was like, man, you can't eat no watermelon, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean he would literally break out. So mm-hmm. but it's still a fruit, but there are other fruits. So when you look at your stone fruits, for example, uh your peaches, your nectarines, your apricots, your cherries. Um, and, and I'm going to throw this in though. It's not a fruit, but it is related to it because some of us will find that we have issues with it, but drinking coffee. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you Mm -hmm. have an allergy or an allergic reaction to any of those stone foods, peaches, apricots, nectarines, uh, cherries, you probably have a an allergy to coffee as well. So in that Mm. process of ingesting, because a lot of us like to get that coffee first thing in the morning, you need to know Mm -hmm. if that is something that is good for you. Now, let's move on to what's been called, um, those who are saying, I need a gluten-free diet. Mm -hmm. Gluten, for those that don't know, it actually comes from wheat flour, whole wheat flour. Mm -hmm. That is where it comes from. And so it's what makes the dough spongy when you're rolling out dough to bake bread. Okay, that's the gluten. Mm-hmm. Some say they have an an allergic reaction to gluten, and some people truly do. Now, here is mm-hmm. here is the the most important part of that understanding that information is what you are eating. It, it's it has flour in it. Is it actually real? flour? Is it real whole wheat Mm -hmm. flour? Or is it what they threw away and milled down and they gave to you and it's causing an allergic reaction? We've been 
mm. tricked into believe that since it carries the same name, it's the same thing. And that's where mm -hmm. a lot of us are falling into traps when it comes to eating to live. We even what kinds of flour do you use when you cook? Well, there's there's a whole wheat flour, but it's an organic whole wheat flour. What I do recommend, mm -hmm. highly recommend, mm -hmm. is that uh, you find a local farmer that has the whole wheat flour that you can get it from. Mm -hmm. Now, this I know from clients I had uh, when I was living in Chicago. They were, uh, they had allergies to gluten, but they could eat the whole wheat flour from the local farms. And they didn't have that mm. problem. And this was not a gluten-free flour. This was whole wheat flour. And they cooked and baked with it, and that's where they bought their bread from. And they had no allergic reaction to it, partly because of the poisons and things that are put into the ground. Those pesticide killers you were talking about is what really mm -hmm. is giving the allergic reaction. It's not so much the right. food, okay? Uh, things like butter, for example. Many of us grew up thinking that margarine is butter. It is not. We thought that the mm -hmm. stuff we got at the movie theater that we put on our popcorn was butter. It is not. You know, mm -hmm. Butter, when you, real butter from a cow with raw milk, not milk that has been cooked and they say they added vitamin D to it. Well, if it came with vitamin <laughs> D, why did you take it out and why are you adding it to it? Well, why is it that if you give homogenized or pasteurized milk to a calf, a baby cow, that cow gets sick? It cannot ingest it. its own mother's milk. It can't ingest it. It's because mm -hmm. what we, what the cows eat, the land that they're living mm -hmm. on, um, how they are treated and fed. And it's not just one generation of cows. Sometimes you have to go back generations in a cow to get mm -hmm. this out of their DNA. Um, but that cream that comes with that, if you're going to eat butter and it comes from that mm -hmm. cream of a raw milk uh, or raw cream, that if you leave that out, you know how you have recipes and they say, well, let it sit out and soften before you use it. If mm -hmm. you leave that cream mm -hmm. out, that butter that's made from that raw cream, if you leave that out overnight, it's going to turn rancid. Because that's real butter. Mm. That mm -hmm. was the butter that the old folk, they would scoop the cream off of the milk after they milked the cow. And they would have to hurry up and churn it and then get it somewhere cool. Because mm -hmm. they knew it wasn't going to last. And it, and it wasn't something, they didn't churn butter for a week. You churn butter every time you need it. Because it does not mm -hmm. last. It is not made to sit in your on your kitchen table for four days and, and not even a fly lands on it. So with your, uh, because I have had your cooking now, I mean, I just have <laughs> to tell people um, if you have not had his cooking with uh, Chef Brandon's uh, Cook to Live Posse, you don't know what you're missing. Maybe you'll have another not, another opportunity to try his food somewhere, but we just had the pleasure of having him as one of our um, professional vegan vegetarian slash uh, chefs, not, definitely not vegan. I know you said that, but the vegetarian uh, food that you cooked was amazing. I, I can just list it by name. We had the the eggplant. We had the um, the garlic mashed potatoes. We had the cauliflower. 
the cauliflower is like food crack. <laughs> I just don't know what's in that cauliflower, but everybody was raving over cauliflower. And to have parents, adults, children, everybody raving over cauliflower, you must have some magic in there. So we had the uh, candied carrots. We had the, and the candy carrots were candy with honey. I know you said that. And so when you're cooking like that, um, how does one cook to live? If they want to be cooking uh, foods and meals, I know one of the people that was uh, very, very um, impressed by the cooking and uh, has reached out to you, Alice, Alice yeah. Wells, who went to college with me. Um, so if she wants to continue to cook to live or if anybody else wants to cook to live, what what do they do to prepare meals, knowing some of the knowledge that you're talking about today? You know, the, this pandemic has has its pluses and its, you know, its negatives, right? It's positive and negative. One of the positives is that more mm -hmm. and more people are starting to cook fresh food. You know, we begin mm -hmm. with fresh food, meaning it doesn't come out of a box. You just have to add water. Uh, processed foods, right. not these these processed meats that have all of these chemicals in it and, and so forth. And so it begins with knowing that you have to cook. What we find is that most people mm -hmm. do not cook because they don't want to prep. Prepping mm -hmm. is probably a good 70% of your cooking. And mm -hmm. when you do that, especially if you have a family, you have children or whatnot, uh, even if you're just single and you have friends and you bring them over, hey, girl, I got 10 pounds of carrots. Come help me cut it up. You know, it mm -hmm. prep your meals and you can do that in advance and then you cook them uh, because it's a lot easier to come in the house from a day's work, you know, change your clothes take a pan, put it on the stove, put some olive oil in it, and then go to your refrigerator and just dump the bag in there and season it up. Mm -hmm. So much simpler and easier. We're more willing to do that than to walk in and say, I don't feel like cooking. I worked all day. And then what do we do? We order a pizza or we go out to mm -hmm. and we're getting something. Somebody else, again, is making money off of us and the food mm -hmm. is killing us. So it begins with changing the mindset about cooking. It is not a chore. It is a part of right. living. If you want to live, you right. have to cook your own food. So we are offering classes as well. Our virtual classes will begin next month. Um, and those mm -hmm. will be scheduled. They'll be on, a, on our social media pages and the website and so forth. Uh, but those mm -hmm. classes are specifically for those who just want to learn to cook something and eat better. Oftentimes, we mm -hmm. even have menus that will minimize the cooking, okay? Um, because some of us, we don't have the equipment. We don't have the space. Sometimes, you know, people mm -hmm. working certain jobs and they have to eat their meals at work. And so how right. do you get around, you know, those things? So we, we're finding many different ways to get that done. But it starts with the mind of knowing that you have to have some fresh food. Um Right. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't, uh, I love to cook, as you know, because I always yeah. post my meals online. So um, I've been cooking uh, for a long time. I too read um, How to Eat to Live uh, by Minister Muhammad a long time ago in my 20s, actually, when I was becoming a vegetarian. And I did, uh, I was a vegetarian basically for 10 years. Um, and I was still learning through that whole process and the whole journey. I did not include at that time um, soy and all that stuff in my diet. I just did straight vegetables, mostly beans, nuts, and all those fruits, everything. Um, 
And, you know, I saw, I saw, I was learning. Um, I also learned a little bit about my body. I learned a lot about my blood yeah. type. And I know that for my blood type, my particular blood type, which is a positive, um, I'm supposed to be 90% plant-based. Um, that's what processes best in my system. And so that's what I, that's what I do. I eat a 90% plant-based diet. Um, I do eat um, t chicken and turkey and fish, but I incorporated that back after 10 years of vegetarianism with no meat. Um, and the reason why just is because I had, my metabolism was so super high being a dancer and an athlete all my life. Um, and I was becoming, believe it or not, as a ve vegetarian, I was becoming anemic, wasn't getting enough sustenance and wasn't getting enough iron. Uh -huh. Um, so I had to do a lot of adjusting and a lot more learning of what I can pull iron from in the plant-based uh, side of things. And also, you know, what kinds of things I needed to balance back out in, in regard to uh, protein and that type of thing. So I learned a lot. And, um, you know, I think eating to live is very important. I definitely thank you for joining us to kick the conversation off. I know we'll be back on. Um, you know, one of these segments pretty soon here. I also know that you and your wife are going to be doing some canning classes where we're, that we're extremely excited about yeah. this winter, learning how to can foods and vegetables over the winter so that we're also, um, you know, participating in our own, for lack of a better word, processing of our vegetables and our, uh, you know, and our, our canned goods, our own homegrown canned goods, not something that we're going to the market for. Yeah. So for me, uh, personally, I don't, I don't have a lot of, I don't keep a lot of food in cupboards. I know people uh, are used to, maybe that's coming out of our um, enslavement process too, where you just, people overpack their cupboard and don't ever want to feel like they're never going to have enough food again, you know, that type of thing. But I, I, I buy fresh vegetables, like every two or three days. I don't mind. It's part of my lifestyle. I go to the store on a regular basis to pick up fresh vegetables because that's what I cook mostly. And I don't mind chopping them down and preparing them because I know that I'm eating my food, you right, know what I mean? Right. And so we definitely uh, want to continue to talk about eating to live and cooking to live. And I I know that you'll you know be back on. We have 30 minute segments and we get a little bit as much as we can in there. And then we want to uh, maybe have you back on to share some more about maybe maybe a one, two or three part series Ooh. on how people can prepare a specific meal. You, you got know? It. Yeah. So uh, give us your information, how they can keep up with you, website, social media. But we're definitely on Facebook. Uh, it's Brandon J. Muhammad, Chef Brandon J. Muhammad, which is M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D. Uh, you can find us there on Facebook as well as Cater to You uh, and our uh, podcast page on Facebook as well as If You Can't Take the Heat. Um, you can find us also on the Twitter and Instagram at Chef B Move, Chef B M U H. And uh, anytime, and listen, we take DMs, inboxes, questions, emails. Go on there, find <laughs> us, and um, uh, we'll we'll help you out as much as we can, as soon as we can. I have one last thing, and I know I couldn't leave this out. I almost did, but I would have been probably roasted and all kinds of stuff if I left this one thing out. I know that you cook to live, and you all make sure that you all eat balanced uh, meals on a regular basis when you when you are eating. But um, people have been raving about these buttermilk bean pies. <laughs> if I leave that off, I would never leave it down. If I leave that off, I would never leave it down. I know you were serving buttermilk bean pies at the conference, the State of the Black Race conference. You sold them out. 
Uh, there were no more left, not even a morsel. Uh, we just had a meeting the other day and you sold some more at a meeting without even trying. So give people a little bit of information about where they can order these famous bean pies. You de- go straight to the Facebook page or to the Instagram page. That's where all of the orders are coming in from. Uh, Awesome. And, and they're a regular thing. And thanks to all the support, those of you who supported our uh, buttermilk, Chef Brandon's buttermilk bean pie. It is made with the navy bean. And um, it, it's it's been a lot of love. And so we really appreciate it. Um, and it's gotten, it's so gotten awesome. some, some reach. Um, we just actually shipped out another shipment to New York this morning. Uh, Wow, these pies are taking their own flights to different states, yes. y'all. So learn learn a little bit more about the bean pies. Definitely reach out to Chef Brandon. And uh, Chef Brandon, we definitely thank you for, for coming on to Each One Teach One with Ola Ramey. We will definitely have you back. And we appreciate all the work that you're doing with the community garden, with our partnership with Glen Heights, the city of yeah, Glen Heights. Um, so the Development Fund definitely appreciates all your work and your time. So thank you so much. We'll definitely be reaching back out with you thank again. Thank you, sis, anytime. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye-bye.